All right, welcome to the Pineapple Couch. This is episode 38. I'm B-Rob, as always. We have some, I guess, breaking news because we recorded a pod earlier this morning with our friend Josh Bilker, and we were going to do a little one to recap it all after that segment tonight, but then Luka fucking Doncic happened. I'm joined by my father, Jeff Robbins. How you doing, Dad? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, what the fuck did we just watch? Can we get those stats up? Um, Luca just goes for a 40-point triple-double, beats the Clippers in overtime with a savage deep three at the buzzer over Reggie Jackson. He com- it, was, it was Kawhi and Luca just going back and forth. But really, you had guys on the Mavericks who were making huge contribu- contributions without Kristaps Porzingis, like Trey Burke. And, and then Trey Burke, okay, we got the stats pulled up right now. Luka Doncic, 43 points. 13 assists, 17 rebounds. He had a triple-double in the third quarter. This was his masterpiece so far, I would say, of his NBA career. He's on the big stage. You also get 25 points from Trey Burke and six boards, which is huge. You're getting 21 from Tim Hardaway Jr., Seth Curry 15, Boban with 10. And then if we look at the Clippers box score, um, what you're going to see is what we've said for a while on this program about Paul George. Um, he's soft. He's a, a beta who thinks he's an alpha and he's not there in big moments. I mean, even we have Josh on later and he didn't even know this was going to happen and he joked about it. Um, so, okay, we got the Clippers stats pulled up now. So we, Kawhi, 32 points, nine boards, four assists, a great Kawhi game. Zubak gets him 15. Lou Williams gets him 36, was unstoppable in the fourth. Can I comment now? Yeah, go. Landry Shamit. Shot better and had one less point than Paul George. Paul George shot 21% from the field and scored nine points in 45 minutes. That's horrible. It's They were isolating Luka on Paul George oh, Luka and letting him just go to the hoop. Paul George. If it wasn't Kawhi, if Kawhi was guarding Luka, I mean, he did score on Kawhi a couple times, but they'd try to get a screen to get Morris or Jackson or George. And you're right, that's a good thing to point out. Luca was looking at Paul George like, okay, let's go. He owned him. Montrez Harrell, after his big controversy, two points and one rebound. Luca, um, I mean, we're just kind of. I'm in amazement about this. Uh, it's it, one of the best. I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot, but it's one of the best playoff performances I can recall ever seeing. It was Magic Johnson like. I haven't seen a player that makes average players good like Luca, since Magic. I mean, he made Tim Hardaway decent. He made freaking Trey Burke decent. There's, I mean, an offensive battle there in the fourth and overtime with just so many threes going in. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., 21 points, hit a bunch of big threes. It's, and it's, you, we, Christoph Porzingis didn't fucking play. Luca's playing have... with a bum ankle, and he goes out and puts up 43, 13, and 17 and hits the game winner, and it was cold. Like, we were just watching, and I think it was Cassidy Hubberth said to Luca, oh, it looked like you were surprised that one went in. No, it didn't. I don't think Luca He turned was around. He, he knew that was going in. That's his shot. He's done that before in Europe, in, in the finals, in, I like, mean, game seven. He – the way – the. The way how the clock was winding down, and most players sometimes kind of rush to get that shot off, he took his time, got to the perfect spot, released it at the perfect time, and Rick Carlisle, great coach, um, 
they set up the perfect play because Kawhi is guarding Luka on that inbound, and they get Reggie Jackson on the switch, and which is exactly what Luka wanted. And Luka has reached the level so quickly where when he took that shot, I thought that was going in. Rick Carlisle outcoached Doc Rivers in that game. He had oh. a couple of inbound plays where he got exactly what he wants. There's not that many opportunities for coaches in the NBA to make big impacts. It's a player's league. They all know the offense and how to run it. But when you can create – Brad Stevens is another guy that's really good and at Nick it. And Nick Nurse. You can draft – draw up a play for to get yourself the shot you want and the matchup you want and then do it in clutch situations. That's – that's one of the few differences a great coach can make on the court. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about like, you know, the whole Phil Jackson Zen yeah. mm-hmm. motivational thing, but X's and O's. Rick Carl Doc Rivers can't draw up in inbound plays forever. That's ne- that's been true forever. Mm-hmm. Neither can Steve Kerr. I is Luca a top five player right now? If not higher. So especially when you let let's look at it this way. Who would you? Is he the – if you could start a franchise right now Luca. everyone was a free agent, Luca. who's the first guy that gets picked? I think it's a lot of Luca. people would pick Giannis, but I am 100% on Luka. I want Luka. I mean, if he's not number one, he's number two. Yeah, I actually think, though, a decent amount of people would choose Luka over Doncic. Because he can sh- shoot. Luka over Giannis. Yeah, the shooting. I mean, and the just the cl- – he closed – he battled all he's the fourth cl- – and He's he plays so big in big games. And no fear. He doesn't have any weaknesses, which is his ability to drive to the hoop is what sets up that step back three. Dude, and he he's can take big. so much contact and readjust midair perfectly. How many times do we see that today? Where he went at people who were three to four inches taller than him. They haven't figured out how to stop his Euro step, and it's funny because sometimes it looks like it's in slow motion. Mm-hmm. He's like, <laughs> it's not the James Harden Euro yeah. step where it's going really fast. It's he's got amazing footwork. He always gets himself beh- past the player in front of him in a place where he can either. Luca's either the third or fourth best player in the world right now. I think. I don't think you can put him above Kawhi or LeBron yet. Um, I think he's right there with Giannis, and oh, this is controversial. James Giannis Harden. just won two MVPs. I don't. Steph. I, yeah, Steph Durant. Um, if Steph and Durant are playing at their peak, they're above. It's him. hard to put Luca above him, but he's he definitely wins in that Giannis Harden class now. Can he win a championship with this team? Yes, I think he could. Well, the only reason that that's true is him, because the team isn't that good. Think about if you're the Mavericks. What is the worst possible matchup you could have in the first round? The Clippers, by far. By it, far. It's the hardest matchup for them, and that's not a It's the league. hardest matchup for anyone. Yeah. They're arguably the best team in the league. I it's who I picked to win it. Yeah, same. What do we think now? So it's 2-2 in this series. And Dorian Finney-Smith plays 34 Porzingis minutes. Porzingis got kicked out in game one in the third quarter. They were going to win that game. It could have been 3-1 right now. Yeah. And, we and got, they, I think we're going 7. Did they get blown out once? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember the game they lost being. I don't remember if it was close. It wasn't. I don't think it was that close. I think Luca kind of kept him in it from like for eight to like eight to ten points, but it was always kind of decided. I mean, I think that is this I mean, look at go that seven? starting lineup: Luca Doncic, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, and Maxi Kleber. Just took out the Clippers. That is a team that you just said could win an NBA championship because of one guy. That's mm-hmm. how good he is. And okay, well, 
assuming I don't think they can do it. They would need Porzingis back. Yeah, and even then, it, can they really? Are we really saying the Dallas Mavericks could I, win the NBA championship I don't this think, year? Th- well, I, there's a difference between saying they're going to and they can. What Luka Doncic has shown is that they on can any given night, he can be the best player on the floor. And the thing with like, these young players, it always happens a little quicker than you think it's going to happen that they get there. I, I mean, if I had a gun to my head, I'd probably take the Clippers in the series. But what Luka just – this is what we talked about coming into this series. Luka can be the best player on the floor any given night. Well, who's to say, Dad, that in the next two games – or three games. Luca just doesn't keep doing this, and then Porzingis comes back. Luca has a fucking bum ankle right now. Although we forgot that, that he <laughs> <laughs> like barely walk. That's amazing. I mean, that Jordan game against the Celtics back in the late '80s mm-hmm. in the playoffs, where he put up like 63 or something. Yeah, that you know people criticize. Uh, Michael Jordan because he lost in the first round to the 86 Celtics. And they're like, LeBron never lost in the first round. Well, yeah, LeBron was playing playing the the Gilbert Arenas Wizards or something. I would love to have seen some of LeBron's Cleveland Cavalier teams play the 86 Celtics. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) They would have gotten killed. Yeah, because the The East was horrible early in LeBron's career. The the 86 Celtics were a machine. That's the exact type of team that's built to take out like a LeBron team, kind of like a Spurs, like just the passing and the... They had five, six great players. Well, I know, well, as I'm saying, they're a machine. They played so well together. I mean, I think Larry Bird would... I would love to see. That would be great. I mean, LeBron. look, LeBron's going to get his against anybody just because oh, he's yeah. such an athletic freak. And he's a he can great do basketball everything. player. But... You know, Bird LeBron would be a dream match to see because I think everyone would, right now would be like, "Oh, my, are you fucking kidding me?" LeBron would smash him. I don't think he'd. Smash I think him. we talked about this before, but again, it's like, who do you want in a close game in the last two minutes? I'll take Luca over LeBron right now, all day. Oh yeah, I'd take um Kevin Durant over anyone in the league if he's healthy. Yeah, but I'm saying we're talking where about is LeBron if Kevin Durant played LeBron one on one, I would take Kevin Durant. Okay, what I'm saying is... Oh, where's LeBron? I mean, he's got to be in the top five. Is he really? Well, what are we saying? I mean, like, Luka is LeBron. Steph. I mean, let's okay, assume no one's injured. I think Durant, you have to give it... Steph. Okay, I think... Damian Lillard. LeBron's above Steph at the end of games. He is. In the last two minutes, you would rather have LeBron James in a big game than Steph. Not me. He doesn't I even kinda, want the big shot sometimes. I've seen him do some things that make me very sad. But fuck LeBron. Yeah, I'd take Steph. Fuck him. Um... Luca's right in this category now because I think he's right there. Luca, this is gonna piss people off. Luca eclipsed Harden. Like I already thought that, but that was just, hey, I'm better than him. I'm doing it with nothing. And that was one guy beating another team. That not just was another way team, more talented gr- than him. A great team, I think. A really good team. Oh fucking boy! Playoffs We're- are back, and that was. That was a big, big game for Luca, and I imagine there are some people, well, with the ratings where they are, I don't know, but if there are people tuning back into the NBA. That was a game. That's a guy that people will remember because, I mean, he's going to win MVPs. He's going to win championships. It's going to be interesting. Um, he's, he's, what, Le- 21? Yeah, after LeBron retires of having Giannis and Luca as, like, the two faces of the league. That's never happened like, two foreign guys. Not that – I think it'll be fucking sweet because I like both of them. But it'll be interesting, you know, because it's always been, if you think about it, some American. And I think this all can go back to Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, the dream team. 
What do you mean? They spread basketball like global ambassadors. That's largely true. I, I mean, when I was a little kid, there was no chance for foreign teams other than the Soviets to compete with Americans. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even... It was like the dream team. Yeah. But the world has been catching up for 35 years now. And we get Luca and Giannis, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, and there's... Look, the United States is... Let's not get carried away. We still have all, like... I. We're still by far the most dominant basketball country. Not close. Not close. Yeah, not even close. So, but it, ex- is it, ex- it is going to be exciting down the line when Olympics start to, like like really good games like that would that i think we're still a far way from but luca will be playing mm-hmm. and that so will be very that means exciting. they'll compete yeah without a doubt um all right well we just wanted to do this at the top because that was crazy luca Doncic, what an instant classic mavericks tied the series with the spurs at two to two thank you dad hold on before we leave do you think who benefits from the bubble in this series um, I I think that the teams that benefit from the bubble are the teams when you have a guy like Luca, you have a guy like Jimmy Butler, you have. I don't think Luca cares about big yeah, stages. Neither do I. I don't think his Jimmy teammates Butler, might. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler, Luca, like because normally right Kawhi. now we'd be going back to L.A. for Game Five. The, well, we and can't act like the why Clippers was Porzingis get a, we out? Can't act do we like, even know? I don't actually no i think it was like maybe a knee injury or something but we can't act like the clippers have some sort of like home court advantage going back to la well they do in the play the clippers have good fans that's that's incorrect and they have for years i'm just saying the clippers fans are arguably more knowledgeable than lakers fans okay well there's a lot less of them and if we're going to talk about teams that are hurt by the bubble because they don't get to play at at home i think the clippers should be one of the last names that's, no, but I'm so saying untrue. more like it hurts. It affects them so much. I'm not, it I, helps the Clippers, I think. Okay, fine. But what I'm saying is it doesn't help Trey Burke, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Maxi Kleber. The guys, those guys, I think, would be the ones who might be impacted playing on the road. Oh, yeah. No, now crowds. they're just playing hoops in a gym. Yeah. They have no – there's no one screaming at them when mm-hmm. they're shooting free throws. Yeah. And I think that's we've been watching obviously this. I don't whole, think Le, I don't think Kawhi cares. Yeah, right? well, Paul I think jo- LeBron, even Paul George, Lou Williams, LeBron, those guys Davis, don't care. They don't care. But but the bubble has been. I mean, we've enjoyed. We've been watching every game of the bubble. The bubble has been cool because it is so much of that. It's like summer league. It's like summer. Yeah, league. and it's it's the game. The cas- There's something about it that the vibe is kind of like summer league. Mm-hmm. And I, I very much enjoy it. Um, obviously, I want to have the playoffs be normal next year. But the bubble has been great. Uh, all right, we're going to go back to the regularly, regularly, regular scheduled program. Regularly scheduled program. That's what we're going to do. All right, this is the Pineapple Couch. Stay tuned. Josh Bilker coming up next. Thank you, Dad. Welcome to Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. I am B-Rob, and today is Sunday, August 23rd. Uh, this is episode 38. we got a nice pod for you guys today. We're obviously going to be talking a lot about the NBA playoffs 
And then at the end of the show, we are also going to be pitching an idea to completely restructure some college football conferences, or just one specifically, the Pac-12. We'll get to that then, though. But right now, good friend of mine on the line. You've heard him here before. It's our guy, Josh Bilker. Um, Josh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, Sunday, basketball. I'm not basketballed out, surprisingly, honestly, despite having, like, what is it, like 24 games this entire yeah, it's, week? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, f- so it's four a day, every day, four. and it's been awesome. And then yeah, I'm also for six days. I'm loving watching Ridiculous. baseball the last couple weeks as well. Throw the basketball game on the big screen, and then you know you get either the the A's, the Giants, or the Padres on the little one. I've really been enjoying that. Shout out to my guy Mike Yastrzemski. Um, so we're gonna obviously be talking about the NBA playoffs today, Josh. But we're also going to talk about the lottery that just happened. Was that last Thursday, like three days ago? Okay. Yeah. So. Before we get into like the effects of what happened, essentially what we have is Minnesota has the number one pick, the Golden State Warriors have the number two pick, the Hornets have the three, and Chicago has the four. This draft has been called by some very weak. Um, yeah, one of the weakest classes yeah. <laughs> of the 21st century is what some people are saying. I don't, I don't think it's going to – like 2000 was way yeah, worse I, to Yeah, me. I don't think it's, it's – it's, I feel like people just say that all the time and – Sometimes mm-hmm. when you think it's a really shitty draft, Giannis Antetokounmpo goes like 15. So, exactly. Um, and I do think the top five, that's that's the what they mean, I think, is the top five just aren't very clearly mm-hmm. better than the rest of the pack. Um, but just real quick, I just want to open it up. How funny is it going to be when Minnesota drafts Andrew Wiggins 2.0 with Anthony Edwards? I mean, good God. Imagine... Anthony Edwards, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Towns just all checking up shots, not playing defense. I feel like that's what they're going mean, to do, and I'm fine with that. I think so, too. I really want them to go Wiseman, number one, even though I think Wiseman's even less of like a definite I want answer Wiseman. there. But I just, yeah, see, that's, that's the thing, too, is you got the Warriors right there, too, which... First of all, objectively bullshit, but it's, I mean, it, like, I'll, I'll let you guys. It's have one it of the greatest sure. or the funniest things. Like, so if we look back at this Warriors dynasty, and the thing is, every dynasty in the history of sports has some sort of luck or something that goes their way to help, and it's not that's that's just everything. But the Warriors, the first beginning of their luck in this dynasty goes with Steph Curry getting like a four-year, forty-eight million dollar contract because he has weak ankles. And I believe the second, the last two years of that contract, he was MVP. And then you had the weird cap right. spike where the Players Association, led by Michelle Roberts, instead of easing the new money in from the TV deal into the league, they sent it all in at once, which allowed the Warriors to get Kevin Durant. And now, Clay Thompson is hurt for the entire season. Steph Curry misses most of this year. And the NBA season is canceled, and they're thrown into a weird bubble. And the Warriors don't have to play. And they get the number two pick in the draft. That is, I mean, I know so many people must be so fucking pissed about that. I think it's hilarious, uh, obviously. I, it's funny. No, it's it's hilarious. I, I mean, the only, like, solace I retain here is the fact that it's not a very good draft. Mm-hmm. So, I, at least the, the Warriors aren't going to be adding, like, a super insane player, like, right off the bat. Hope, fingers yeah. crossed. So, I mean, you know the Warriors have Minnesota's first round pick next year. They do. Yeah, that's yeah. scary. And isn't that is that the double draft too? It's the, I think I that's the first year high school player. Really? Eligible. Oh, is that? I think so. I think it's twenty two or 
It's one of the even years. I th- I thought it was 22, but it could be 24. Um, oh, I guess. Oh wow! I for some reason I was thinking it was the 21 draft this year. Yeah, so we got okay. Two years. Okay, Never mind. that's gonna be a crazy yeah, yeah. draft though. Um, yeah, and maybe if Minnesota pick doesn't roll over, or it will roll over to the 22 mm-hmm. draft if they get a top three. Yeah, so you might still get lucky. That would there. be wild. Um, I, for the Warriors, I think you go Wiseman here. I think you go Wiseman, or you try to trade it. The only problem with trying to trade it is I just don't really know who's who's on the market right now. That's also, though, because exactly. the playoffs are happening, so maybe after some things open up. But if you're not going to trade it, I'd go for Wiseman. I mean, he's left-handed. He can run the floor. He has a nice jump shot. He's been compared to Chris Bosh, which I know is high praise, but imagining a maybe even a lesser version of Chris Bosh or maybe a better version, who knows, on this Warriors team is, is pretty scary. Um... Charlotte, yeah, I mean, I I don't know what Charlotte does honestly either because I don't really like I don't want to throw Lamelo Ball in that system either. Because I don't me, think Jordan wants, would want Lamelo Ball. I think I there's know. a who's they probably want Wiseman too. Probably I yeah. Guess. Who's the French dude who's really good? Um, Is that gonna be a top five pick? Oh, Nicholas Batum. Not <laughs> he's like it's some um, French lefty. Who's yeah, compared yeah. to Ma- uh, Manu? Um, oh, is it? It's not Danny Avia. It's um. Uh, oh my God. Well, l- listeners, you know who we're talking about. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna look it up and, real quick, but I, it's on too much. Yeah. So Chicago then with the fourth pick, and so in Chicago you have Kobe White last year's pick, who I think was a good pick. You got Zach Levine, who right now I mean he's their best player but he is a chucker you have Wendell Carter Jr. who I don't think really panned out like a lot of people thought he was going to and Laurie Markin and Josh what's up uh Killian Killian Hayes Hayes. yeah that guy I could see going to Charlotte um yeah that would be good I like that actually they need like uh does LaMelo Ball fall out of the top five or the top four because Minnesota (laughs) I don't think is going to take him Golden State I know is I taking I I could see okay. sort of taking Lamelo. I, I think there's okay. a chance. There's there's a world, but I I, I those last three teams them. though, Golden State, Charlotte, and Chicago. I really think there's very low chances of any of them taking Lamelo. I 100% agree because yeah, Zach Levine with Lamelo. That would be the worst team to play on. Like imagine if you weren't one of those two guys. You touch the I ball know. once a quarter. <laughs> yeah, it would. It'd be ridiculous. It would. I I mean, at the very least, it might. It might like uh, mature the other players, I guess. Maybe, yeah, at the I don't know. Least. You get you get Wendell Carter being like Tim Duncan a year of that shit or yeah. something, or just immediately out. But yeah, uh, I wanted to talk to you actually about. So, what do you think ideally you should do with the number two pick? You package that with Wiggins. Okay. Well, I just don't know what's out there. Like theoretically, if they were like you could package. Wiggins and this James Wiseman pick for like Embiid I mean yeah I'll do that that's obvious though but I don't know like the guy like Bradley Beal is someone who was kind of involved in trade rumors even though he shot most of them down I honestly don't think the Warriors need Bradley Beal as good as he is I just think that's kind of an overlap of their already like their skill sets you know and then there's the crazy rumor that you see all the time of how the Warriors are loading up for Giannis and so, if you're doing that, which, because I just don't see any trades available right now, obviously there could be, so, like, if you're going to 
if you can get Wiseman and he has a good rookie year, and then you have him Wiggins in that pick from Minnesota, that's and maybe some other stuff. That's what they're gonna try and throw for Giannis. Um I have no doubt in my mind that the Warriors are going to go after Giannis, but I do not know if Giannis wants to leave or anything like that. I don't know. I just know the Warriors are gonna try. They- yeah. No, no, absolutely. And credit to them. The the fact that they're in position for something like that is ridiculous. They still have accumulated enough assets to make a real offer and that's that's mm-hmm. insane. And that's an organization you would want to go to. And I mean the only the only thing is the stigma against the Warriors around the league probably at this point where you just don't want to get swindled in another deal. Yeah, that's very so, true. The thing is what you'll I think I think a lot of dudes I think so. Everyone kind of forgot about Steph and Clay this year. When they come back next year, and if they, I think they're going to be really good. I think they're going to be a title contender with those two and Dre and Wiggins and whoever we get in the draft. But people are going to be reminded of how fun it is to play with Clay and Steph. And now that there's that quote unquote vacancy where Durant left, and even we'll see with Wiggins, I think that will be enticing to some people. Um, that's all I really got on the lottery. Do you want? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, yeah. So, let's look at the Lakers Blazers. The Lakers took a 2-1 lead last night, correct? Yeah. And so, yep. Damian Lillard with the dislocated finger, it'd be that is his left hand, but that you could he was this this series is over. Yeah. Yeah, I think last night confirmed my suspicions cuz the Blazers played really well for the first half and it was competitive. And then the Lakers just just kind of throttled them in the third quarter. I think like it was still competitive. The Blazers still put on a decent game. The Lakers were just ten times better, mm-hmm. I think. And then they just never recovered from there, primarily because of free throw line. But that's a veteran team move right there. It's just to get to the line and keep your lead, sustain it type thing, regain it, and it's consistent. The Blazers, I think, lack consistency on offense unfortunately because it's really just dame or cj chucking up a shot and it's going to go in half the time because they're that good Mm -hmm. but they're also going to have bad nights you know yeah i completely agree last night i thought one thing that really stood out to me as well in that game was nurkic played terrible he was this was the worst nurkic game and i i was just about to say like i was about to come on this pod and just like sing high same he's played so well he had a couple he has Dude, he had a couple of plays where he's dribbling to the basket yesterday, and he picks up his dribble and is shooting these weird floaters where it's like, dude, take another dribble and yeah. dunk it. I, I don't really get it, and it's I don't know if it's just maybe what Terry Stotts is trying to do with playing him and Whiteside at the same time where they're trying to give like make him more of like a four maybe. I, I don't know, though. Also, I fucking hate that lineup, first yeah, of all. Bad. I know it's been working out. It's been working out for them, though. They They've won like the last... Well, they won like two or three games out of the last like four, but they've lost mm-hmm. the last two. But I, I just don't like a uh, a front court of um, Nurkic and Whiteside at the same time. It's just and stupid. it's also like when you have those two on the court, it's just it's really putting a lot of pressure on Damon CJ from to shoot because they aren't really having the space to drive into the key with those big bodies down there. Um, one thing I also wanted to point out: so like Dame, yes, he's he's somewhat hurt. Um, can we just say, like, shut the fuck up to everyone through that past, like, two weeks has been saying Dame's better than Steph Curry? Like, can we just say, like, how much of a joke that is? Like, that's a, like, Damian, I like Damian Lord. I think he's, like, 
probably the second best point guard in the NBA. I mean, come on, though. Like, Steph Curry's a two-time MVP, three-time finalist. Fucking lit up Damian Lillard in the playoffs last year with the Warriors team that didn't have Kevin Durant. Steph scored, like, ten more points a game, shot 20% better. I love Dame. But, like, I think Stephen A., who I also love Stephen A., he had something, like, like a week ago that was, uh, Damian Lillard is the best player in the NBA right now. What? That's Kawhi. (laughs) Thank you, first of all. Uh, yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. I, Steph Curry's still better, and, and I, pedigree alone, automatically, but I think every series, though, I'm sure if you look at, the, like, the 1v1 stats, I'm sure Steph Curry blows him out of the water every time. Oh, yeah. Steph but, owns him. Like, it's yeah. funny because that Dame is, I think, the second best point guard in the league, but Steph just kind of owns him. Same Steph, though, kind of, like, I think... I feel like he just fucks with people's head because they think they should be better than him. And, like, so when he just owns Westbrook, Chris Paul, and Lillard, it must piss them off so much. The guy who I've seen who's had the most success against Steph was Kyrie in his prime. You're right. And I, I think it has to do with ego probably just because all three of those point guards you mentioned are just very much in their heads and very much play the emotional yeah, game and they're, when they do Yeah, they it. look at Steph and they're like, what? We can take this guy. Um, yeah, exactly. They And they, they let that fuel them versus Kyrie's – just a fucking uh, i love him as a player but he's a fucking weirdo yeah who knows what the fuck he's doing i just i exactly i just don't think he lets him like it gets to him at all where he just doesn't have that like it's a weird motor where he doesn't really let like it's the same thing with Kawhi. i feel like where Kawhi doesn't like really have like passion in the moment of like he's a robot or anything he's he's literally a robot just the the whole board man gets paid shit is just it's fucking nuts it's yeah i um one other thing about this game was there's a couple possessions. There's this streak of one to two possessions in the fourth quarter where Anthony Davis and LeBron James just didn't get back on defense. I know. It, yeah, and it was, was like... Disrespectful. It, it, there was like 14 seconds on the fucking shot clock. Ten seconds had gone by, and they're just in the backcourt. And, like, Caruso's running everywhere. Was, <clears> and, yeah. look, LeBron's great. Let me name you players who that would have never happened. Kobe Bryant would have never just stood there on the other side of the court. Michael Jordan would never have stood there on the side of the court. Magic Johnson would never. Larry Bird would never. Hakeem Olajuwon would never. Kevin Durant would never. Tim Duncan would never. Steph Curry would never. Klay Thompson would never. Say, like, LeBron's a great basketball player. He's a fucking douchebag. And, like, that, that sort of shit, like, I mean... It's just like such a fuck. That's just like his thing, though. He's good, and he's just kind of like a fuck. But it's just so I, I hate him. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's, I, not, um, that's not I, very I, I, anyone. But <laughs> <laughs> I still like listen. I still really like LeBron. Um, he's still one of my favorite players to watch. That was hard to watch, though. I I, I will say though, because it's just. I mean, if if you want like any kind of like dissenting opinion, he's a thirty-five-year-old man. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Davis, no excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're well. You're a hundred percent right there. I was about to say that <laughs> Anthony Davis. I know he's playing well, but holy crap, is that guy soft? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know what's going on it, with him, but he. I don't understand. Maybe he's saving his energy for the second round or something when they dominate the like, Rockets on. The, with any kind of body. He'll show effort sometimes, and it's like, holy shit, look at that dunk, look at that block. But 
First of all, the idea that it is a question of who should be defense player of the year, like him or Giannis, like good, good lord. Okay, that that's not a question. It's just Anthony Davis. There's a couple possessions where he was being picked up by literally Gary Trent Jr. or someone that height, you know, and he would yeah. have it at the elbow, and he'd be looking to jab step and shoot a fadeaway or pass out of it. It's like, dude, take a dribble, go to the basket. You're Anthony fucking Davis, and 100% agree. He is. So you know how I call your guy Paul George a beta who thinks he's an alpha? Anthony Davis yeah. is like, should be an alpha, but he like chooses to be a beta. It's really weird. And I think that's why you stay in New Orleans for like the eight years or whatever. How long was he in New Orleans? Oh, like yeah. six years? Yeah, well, he was 13, six, seven. Tw- 2013, I think it was. 2012 2013 was drafted so yeah i mean dude he does he does not get nearly enough shit for how the fact that he was on new orleans and their team sometimes it wasn't good yes but dude you should if you're that good i mean come on make the playoffs i agree no no no, 100 percent um and just look at the talent right now around the league in the west and whatnot you just have a bunch of these like, the Jazz and the Nuggets kind of rose from nothing, basically. Mm-hmm. They had no, like, prestige as an organization, at the moment at least, I guess, I should say. Mm-hmm. And yet, they were they're able to make insane playoff runs. I yeah. Mean. But, uh, last, closing thoughts on the Lakers series, uh, I guess, because I, I agree with you, I think this is over. This Last night proved it for me. Alex Caruso, what the fuck? I just, I, I... I hate Alex. You Caruso. hate Alex I Caruso. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I hate saying that because I feel like a bad dude for even saying that because he's not even like he's he's like the ultimate NBA player. He's like not super like talented or anything. He's just entirely effort and, and he's pretty smart. Yeah, he's um. But he, listen, you don't have to apologize for hating someone. I literally just went on like a five minute rant about how much I hate LeBron, <laughs> and I do that like every episode. So completely understandable. Um. What it's it's like I hate him because he's good. Is, is yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not he's not even good, but like not like good, good, but mm-hmm. like he's perfect for what he is, and it's yeah. Bullshit. I have a and soft spot for him because I went to uh, two summer leagues in a row, and this was a, a couple years ago, and there was Alex Caruso was on all those like teams, and he would come off the bench. <clears throat> so I, 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 I like him for that reason, but he does play with the enemy, so. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to the Clippers later, but I think the Clippers are gonna friggin' eat the Lakers. But let's go on to the Pacers Heat. Absolutely. Um, so this has uh, been a it's three zero. I would say it, there's been some close games though. It's not been like a bad series. Jimmy Butler is yeah. a freaking force. He is. I think Luca and him are my two, like favorite guys that aren't on the Warriors. Jimmy Butler was born for the bubble. He's so freaking intense. Mm-hmm. He's the type of, like, the, what's, what I found really interesting these past couple days, and we'll talk about this, but teams like the Heat, the Celtics, and the Raptors, they look really, really good. Yeah. And 100%. so that uh, Milwaukee was such a giant favorite going into this, and I still think they should be, but... I, I like the value of some of this other stuff. So let's talk about this Pacers Heat series. Not having Sabonis for the Pacers literally kills them. 
This would be a much better series if he was there. And they also have like fifty percent of whatever Victor Oladipo is now. He's n- I don't know what's going on. Nowhere him, near what he was. So TJ Warren. But I. <laughs> uh, yeah. what, what were you gonna say? Yeah, I was gonna say I think the coolest thing about these Miami games that I've seen so far, I've seen very. This is probably the least series mm-hmm. I've been keeping tabs of, just because the the style of play doesn't really interest mm-hmm. me that much between the two of them. But. Uh, is the lineups that Miami runs out with Jimmy Butler running point guard fucking insane? Because mm-hmm. they have they just have Jimmy Butler and Bam, and then surround them with shooters basically. Hero and Robinson. Slightly, yeah, Hero and Robinson. I love are those guys. The best. I can't believe how good they are, and and Robinson has so much confidence mm-hmm. for like this undrafted dude. dude. That's just the like, heat, the Jimmy Butler right. effect. It's like yeah. We thought he was a douche in Chicago, Minnesota, Philly, but it's like, no, th- those places suck. You put him in here, and he's holding people accountable. Yeah. He's being held accountable. Um, you know, he's been playing really, really well. Scoring Drogic. Absolutely. He's so good. Yeah. And this, the Heat, um, you mentioned they, they can run out those uh, uh, lineups with Jimmy Butler at point guard that are electric, and I agree, but they also, their closing lineup that I saw – they were using it yesterday, and they didn't get. They literally never used this lineup in the season because of like the late trades, and then obviously the shutdown. They would run Drogic, Butler, um, Hero. No, no, no. It would be Drogic, Hero, Butler, Iggy, Bam. That's insane. Like the defense alone is just insane mm-hmm. on that entire. And you could even everyone. sub out Hero. Or uh, Drogic and throw in um, Jay Crowder or someone like that. Who's they've also yeah, stopped playing Nunn Kendrick size. Nunn completely. Poor guy. Honestly, he was he was such a good story coming out. Of the he game, he doesn't honestly. play much defense. Um, yeah, and it sounds like so he left the bubble right, and he really hasn't played since he got back. Every other person who has left the bubble, it's been pretty clear why they left. Family issues. Even Lou Williams, who got in trouble for the wings, he was going to a funeral. And, like, everyone else, you, like, it's pretty clear why they are leaving, right? Yeah. Kendrick Nunn, it did not seem clear why he was leaving. So, and the Heat strike me as an organization where we don't, that's not allowed. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the whole Dion Waiters scandal Mm -hmm. was ridiculous. I think that's why Butler likes it. Yeah, no, 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 I, I 100% agree, and I, 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 I feel like I have to say this all the time too. Spolstra's a really good. He's head so coach, good, and and it's and he just doesn't get enough credit. I, I don't think, or maybe he does now. I guess, but like, I'd say he's still good, underrated. Good guy, Eric. He's um, yeah, he's certainly, he's been able to rebuild and they're always competitive the Heat, even if they like didn't make the playoffs or something like yeah. he always has his players playing hard and that's just that in and just <clears throat> in a bubble like this having the mindset that the Heat do where the Heat don't need fans the Heat just want to come beat you and hit you and so that is like when we look ahead to the potential Heat Bucks series I think the Heat are going to come out and take like the first two punches like not saying they're going to win the first two games or anything but i think that's going to be a bigger harder series than i initially thought i i completely agree um and i honestly i want to say miami's a really interesting dark horse pick right now they are i think because they i think 
they match up well with every other East team remaining, mm-hmm. I think. And yeah, I mean, the Lakers. Like and the Clippers. It's a good point. Yeah, the the uh, the Clippers Heat games like earlier on in the season. Uh, I mean, Kawhi might have been load managing some of those games, but they played them really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Clippers pulled out a couple, but they were they were fun games to watch, though. I, I will say they they just play with so much effort. Mm-hmm. It, and I know I just criticized Caruso for playing too much. It's effort. okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Heat in this bubble, where I really do think we've seen, there are some teams who. The, the the intensity is just not there. They may be winning. It's just the Heat, they create the intensity. They don't need it, and I think that more so of any other team. So I do like their chances going forward. Um, let's quickly go over about the Thunder Rockets. This is weirdly the series I've watched probably the least of. I've watched like two of the three games. Um well, it's because you're not a rocket stand yeah, like uh, I am. Yeah, fuck that. So <laughs> first thing I want to talk about is – did everyone just casually see like Chris Paul punch like Daniel House in the balls yesterday? Just like, and then and, and you watch the replay and it's like, no, he wasn't pushing out. Like, no, he just punched him in the nuts. Yeah, and yeah, and that's just it's... acceptable because he's fucking Chris Paul. Like what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bet the NBA owes him a little bit for getting partly being the reason the bubble even is happening right now, since he's the president of the Player oh. Association. How much but... work do you think Chris Paul really does? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I can't imagine Chris, Chris Paul, Paul's like, writing these documents. The <laughs> he probably just like says, "Like, yeah, that sounds good." Oh, we're all going to the Orlando in yeah. the bubble. Yeah, twenty-two teams. Okay. Yeah, and then like, give a speech it. about how he was been working day and night to make this. And he's like, "Shut up, Chris Paul." Um, I think though, I don't think the series is over at all. I thought like, yesterday in the ye- game yesterday they went to overtime, or the game, yeah, on Saturday that went to overtime. Yeah. The James Harden fouled out, and the Thunder just ate them. Yeah, no, the Rockets collapsed. I mean, that's that's the problem with the Rockets team is you know you take out your fulcrum, Harden, he's it's gone. Yeah. everything just falls apart. It's 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 ruined. <laughs> the whole team is just it's like um it's like a really fragile like work of art that could break at any. <laughs> I, I like the analogy. Is, yeah, is what the Rockets are. So any kind of piece like. Even, I mean, honestly, Eric Gordon didn't have a great night, but, like, you have, like, four, three shooters that just are off that night, it's over for the Rockets. Yeah, we saw that against uh, the Warriors in that game seven. Um, yep. Do you know the status of Westbrook? Um, Let me check yeah. that because I, I still don't think – the rumor is he's still not going to be back round one no matter what. Okay. But uh, the there was no update still as he's um, – uh, going off and just I, I'm kind of tired of them cutting to Westbrook. Yeah, honestly, dude, for he's such player. a. Even when he is not on the floor, he is somehow hurting the team by just all the attention being on him. God, he's so <laughs> annoying. Um, I don't think this series is over. I think that the Thunder have a couple punches left in them. I think that that backcourt of CP3, Schroeder, and uh, Gil- Gilgis Alexander is deadly. Um. So I, I imagine that the Thunder are going to come back and hit, try and even up this series. I, I think this is going to be a longer series. Uh, do you have anything else on this one? Yeah, last thing I was going to say is how about Jeff Green as the crunch time five? It's so fucking weird. I, I Like, Jeff Green was dead in a ditch for the last three Why years. Why did the Rockets do this? And then Why? I, I don't know. They, they just, Why do I have to watch Jeff Green I, in the playoffs again? God damn. Yeah. 
he's playing well too. Is the worst part about it is, and it's it's complete bullshit. I I don't understand how the Rockets just keep finding these fucking dudes. They're just like these these players from NBA past. Mm-hmm. And they just have these resurgent seasons. Because I'm starting to think people might like playing in Houston if you're like one of those kind of guys. If you're like a 30 year old whatever, all you do is just wait for your shot and you get to put up numbers. If you're interested in stat stuff, then come come to Houston. It's a good point. You know? What do you think of like let's say the Rockets win this series and they'd face the Lakers? What do you think of that series? It's really interesting because I'm assuming Westbrook's going to be mm-hmm. back. Uh, is the thing and because without Westbrook I don't think they stand a chance but with Westbrook I think things get really interesting Um, they could score I hope yeah see the thing what I'm worried about with Houston I guess and and the Houston Lakers series is if that gives Anthony Davis the confidence to just fucking just play thrash ball in in the paint and if that gives them the confidence to going forward, because they're going to definitely run some Anthony Davis at the five lineups for sure to compete with that Rockets. Yeah, or is he just going to shoot threes, though? That's like That'll be the question. Good point. And I think that's going to be the difference maker, is if you get an aggressive Anthony Davis and like one that's constantly driving and looking for any kind of post, uh, post uh, touches, I think the Lakers can easily win that series. If not, it's still going to be... It'll still be close, mm-hmm. I think, even if Anthony Davis is as passive as he's... I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, Let's talk about... Here's another. This series we can kind of briefly go through. Magic Bucks. Magic shock the Bucks. Win game one. Uh, Marvin Williams. Game one magic. (laughs) Yeah, Marvin Williams. Game one magic every year. And Ennis III got into a fight yesterday. That was awesome. It was uh, quickly broken up, and they were immediately ejected, which is just classic NBA. Just kind of just fucking us like that. But, I mean, I enjoy seeing it. I just want to make a point here. I have been saying Chris Middleton sucks for like (laughs) two years. I've gotten into passionate arguments with my brother, who I love, about Chris Middleton sucking. My best friend, Andrew, his favorite team is the Bucks. Oh, that's weird. It's kind of sick, though. He like randomly (laughs) got him. he, He chose them in like... Fuck, it was like oh nine. It was Brandon Jennings, like so they were terrible. So it was funny. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. But now it's nice. Um, But so I say all this to it does not give me pleasure to say this. (laughs) Chris Middleton sucks. He cannot be the second best player on a team. Name me an all star that in a playoff game goes one for eight with two points in thirty three minutes, like. Paul, Paul okay, yeah, well, I've been loud about how he sucks too. So, I mean, Chris Middleton, we knew this. And the other thing, they're playing the fucking Magic. Like, it's yeah. not like he's being oh, guarded by, if you think of like a team like the Heat with their defense, the Raptors with their great defense, the Celtics. Like, if they think that they're going to be able, like, so what? We have, who's the four? Oh, the Heat. So the Heat will play the Bucks, and then Celtics, yeah. Raptors. Um Dude, if Jimmy Butler is guarding Chris Middleton, is he going to score? No, it's over. Like, he I might mean, have a hot no, game, but, like, I think if you think about the Heat Bucks, like, Bam guarding Giannis. He, Bam is statistically the best defender in the league on Giannis this year. Jimmy Butler guarding uh, Chris Middleton. I mean, that's going to... The rest of the guys, yeah, the rest of the guys don't really matter. Yeah, and I, I kind of weirdly favor the Heat's 
like role players over the Bucks, even though the Bucks had like such a great oh. regular season, you know? No, I, I 100% agree. I just think that they're guys that can actually get you a shot. Um, maybe not get a shot, but can knock down mm-hmm. shots, rather. I trust and, Hero and Robinson much more than I trust DiVincenzo and Bledsoe. And, of, I and Drogic, agree. of course, too. Drogic was actually someone, I think a couple weeks ago on the pod, I was talking about off-season moves like the Bucks could make, and I said, yeah, I'd go after Drogic. He'd be perfect for them. So... Yeah, we we talked about that. Yeah, I was that us? Yeah, it was that dragon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Swapping blood so for him, I think was the or yeah, I think that was the move you called. Yeah, that would. Which I totally agree. Yes. Um, <laughs> if if he would, yeah, do I that. doubt that. Uh, I think nope. Drogic might be a free agent. Not one hundred percent sure, but um, yeah, the the Bucks are going to take care of the Magic in the rest of the series. Um, but it's just yep. it's it's weird because the Bucks are going to win four to one. And it's just they still there's like cracks in this like ship like we can see them like there's these little things that you're like oh shit that's gonna be important and it's like it doesn't really matter against the magic but yeah I mean part of the reason even they're up to one right now I mean even though it's the magic uh, Brook Lopez has actually been hitting the corner threes every corner three I think yeah I've seen he's automatic Lopez take he's been making and, but so, if that stops falling I really worried about that. Yeah, well, that's exactly what happened sudden, against the Raptors in the fi- yeah. uh, conference finals last year. They yeah. stopped. Yeah, we're on the same page there. Um, let's talk about an, a team that is rolling. And let me check uh, the score. Um, yeah, I just did. What, what we got on the score of the Celtics 76ers? Oh, wait, I had the Westbrook injury. Uh, 75-77. It Celtics up by two here in the third. Close. Okay, so I might... Um, might uh, give an update on that game before we post this out. But um, mm-hmm. the Celtics, they're either going to win this game and sweep them, or I assume they will win the next game. Um, this is the end of Brett Brown. Absolutely. And that was, I was going to lead off with that, too. <laughs> yeah, because you can't you, – unfortunately, even though I think their roster fucking sucks, they can't really make – without Simmons, I just yeah. feel like you can't make the argument. It, just see what a new guy can do before you make any – uh, unchangeable moves. Like I have m- multiple, multiple responses to that. One, go for it. Elton Brand, Clippers legend, great power forward, horrible GM. The the Al Horford Tobias Harris contracts are a joke. Tobias Harris, yeah. I mean, the amount of money that guy makes for the production he puts forward is baffling the clippers were smart jerry west was like no we don't want him yep um yeah and then like four teams passed up on giving him money mm -hmm. is the thing giving him like a max contract and i should tell you something yeah as as a philly uh it's just and i think you're right about saying that they're so this is the end of brett brown and then they're going to bring someone in to try to work the simmons and bead thing Absolutely. That is a mistake. I think you have to. I, 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 think you, I think that's a mistake. I think everyone, every coach is like, oh, I could make it work. I could make it work. You know what? I don't think they're a good fit at all. I think they are not only not a good fit, I think they are a terrible fit together. And that's not, I like both players. They're both good. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying they're bad. It's just the their play styles, like, it just makes no sense. They're trying to build like two different teams at the same time. I feel like they're trying to build one around Embiid, and they're trying to build one around Simmons. They lose Redick. It's just 
And yeah. I think Be- Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons can both have success on their own without a doubt. But I think you're right. They're going to give him another year, but I just think that's a mistake because I don't. I think you should trade now. I agree. I, again, though, we just talked about the Warriors at the beginning of the pod. I just don't know what the trade market looks like, and you're not going to get any value on the dollar for a trade like that either. Yeah. But if you, I think if you can get off the Horford contract right now, I, Who's I gonna would take Horford? probably get rid of you're going to have to throw in Simmons, unfortunately, and you're going to probably have to take maybe an expiring 30 mil back, I'm guessing. Maybe maybe Middleton? Well, no, wait, they don't have the money. The Bucks, Simmons actually. would be bad for the Bucks because he can't shoot. No, absolutely. I think Simmons um, needs, like, theor- listen to this. This is, I don't, I don't know, this is probably a bad trade, but what if the, the Bulls sent Zach Levine and Cody White for Ben Simmons and Al Horford. And so the 76ers would be Kobe White, Zach Levine, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. And the Bulls would be Ben Simmons, Al Horford. Uh, <laughs> they got so many bigs. Yeah, and you're going <laughs> to have to try to get some and shooters. But and LaMelo Ball. Maybe LaMelo Ball. Um <laughs> Ball and Ben Simmons just cracked. Oh, that would be that would be rough. The two A, they they both yeah. have, have experience in Australia. Give it to them there. I was, I was thinking for me, I had this thought at the beginning of the week. A team like the Rockets, if Ben Simmons was like their center, the, like yeah. the the ball handler for a team like the Rockets, they would kill. They would so they would essentially kill. replace Westbrook with a uh, Simmons then in that scenario. Simmons. Insane. I mean, that would never happen. That would be the thing. That'd be. I think you're totally right there. I think that's a great fit for him. He would be perfect for that role. I think a non-shooter for a non-shooter, basically, Um, a better defender in Simmons and way more versatility. Back to the Celtics. Um, Mm -hmm. they the combination of Tatum and Brown is just unbelievable. It is so filthy. Kemba Walker is hungry, playing well. Great chemistry guy. Just so much better than having Kyrie Irving. Um, Marcus Smart, I, I love Marcus Smart. I can't say enough good things about that dude. I, I would love to have him on my team. Um, and then Brad Stevens is the best coach in the league, the second best coach. You know, it's him and Nurse. Yeah. Um, the, I just love how supportive he is, honestly. Like, I just feel like he never has anything bad to say about any of his players. Like, ever. Yeah, yeah he's not, like, he's not, he doesn't play, like, politics. He's not moody. He just, like... No coaches and plays basketball and i think i mean they just re-signed him so they're gonna have him for forever the future is so bright for the celtics um i think the celtics raptors because like we're not really even gonna go into the raptors series that much they're beating the fuck out of the nets like okay so we're looking ahead to that celtics raptors series i before the playoffs i picked the raptors in seven i think it's still going seven i don't know the celtics look so good and the, the question is if they can stay rolling mm-hmm. is really the thing. Because I think on all cylinders, this team can be any team in the East. Yeah. The Raptors, I will say, though, this, the Raptors are a much tougher matchup for the Celtics than the 76ers, definitely. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. Um, Easily. Like, it'll be cool. The Lowry-Walker, that is a good matchup. Um, you're going to probably have to throw, like, OG Ananobi, Norman Powell on Jalen Brown. And then you obviously, like, the best matchup is Siakam-Tatum. 
And then I guess gonna be so fun. The, the other question will be is, can the Raptors, can Mark Gasol punish Cantor or Tice? That, that'll be huge. And Serge Ibaka, though, has shown up. So I think that that I'm wow I'm that might, that's gonna be one of the best series of the playoffs if not the best I think so too I was and I I the round two for the East round one to me sucks. oh it's terrible and round two for the East is gonna be so fucking yeah good. it's gonna be great I, I personally and I think it's flip flop of the West I, I'm these round one matchups to me are much more interesting in the West than the round mm-hmm. two personally so. The the Nuggets Jazz series is again that game I think is going on a little later today so I will it's the night game actually it's, it's the late game yeah perfect oh that's awesome they switched it around because the Clippers play at twelve thirty today oh fuck yeah then I don't have to stay yeah. up super late recording well that's great thank you Josh um so Nuggets Jazz they're gonna play later tonight I think it's two one um Jazz correct yeah um yeah which is insane. which is insane also. I thought the Nuggets were yeah. gonna be the better team. I here. thought the Jazz were dead. Honestly, yeah. They were looking Don- Donovan so bad. Mitchell. Shout out to him. I guess I was wrong. Shout out to my guy Stephen Facer, big time Utah Jazz fan. I bet you're enjoying this. The question is, um, the last game I saw of them, you're not going to get a worse game from Yo- like Jokic. Like Jokic is going to come firing, and um, I think we already saw like a Jamal Murray game. We've seen a Donovan Mitchell game. Rudy Gobert's been playing really well. I expect a big Jokic game coming soon. And then I want to see Michael Porter Jr. continue to play, but I would love a little more effort on the defensive end out of him. That's that's the big thing is he has to stay on the court on these big defensive possessions, and that's that's the biggest thing that I've noticed. Because he's a threat on offense, man. Yeah. It's no joke. Absolutely. Yeah, but Malone has to pull him in, in like key situations because he just isn't playing well enough. But if he can figure out defense on on that fucking frame, oh my god, it's terrifying! Insane. My brother says Michael Porter Jr. is the best high school basketball player he's ever seen. I never watched he, him. He was supposed to be the number one pick. So, yeah, so that the yeah, Nuggets are so good at getting that value. Him, <laughs> Jokic, Bull Bull, very very smart. Um, all right, so the Clips Mavs is going to start in about thirty minutes. Um, Josh. How are we feeling going in this game? I'm not going to make you make a prediction and then release the podcast after the game. I'm not that guy. <laughs> but uh, feel, I would say you're feeling somewhat confident. Luca, he's going to play, but the little ankle injury. And um, I freaking love Luca. He's so good. But Kawhi Leonard's the best yeah. player in basketball. So I don't feel like it's that close either. Oh, between them? The disparity? No, I just think. Saying? Kawhi, no, I'm saying I think Kawhi is the best player in the NBA by a decent margin. I mean, the fact that he's still carrying this team to two one against the Mavs for all for all intents and purposes, uh, the the Clippers should be really down three zero right now. In all seriousness, if if Kawhi hasn't been balling out of his mind, mm-hmm. uh, because he's been getting literally nothing from Paul George except game one. He I think he had like twenty seven. I want to say playoff but, P. Yeah, it's and and then of course it's it's like the worst thing ever having Paul George on your team because it's like you see all these weird concerns. It's like, how am I rooting like, for this guy? Just, yeah, it, it's just really he's he's from my hometown. Is the oh yeah, too. yeah, and and it's like I want to see him do well, but he's like fifteen. Like mentally. oh yeah, he's such a him. well. We talked about it last time, basically, where he like. 
He well, he does the whole Dame thing, and then he like talks about his injury. It's like, well, bro, that was yeah. like twenty sixteen. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. Uh, and and in, also the fact that he's even like trying to even get on Dame's bad side when they don't even they're not even gonna play him this year. I I that's that's asinine to me. You're not even gonna see them this year, so you're never gonna see any of this matchup really unfold to what you want it to be. So why even start an aggressive? Yeah. Confrontation. I thought it, it's I thought it was really telling um because it wasn't just Paul George going at Dame it was Patrick Beverly too. Yeah. It's just so funny though cuz Patrick Beverly was going at Dame too but it's the way Patrick Beverly does it it's like okay Paul George is just like shut up. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like cuz Pbev does yeah. it and it's like okay, he won isn't in his feelings about it and he's Pbev's yeah. always having fun with it. Like Absolutely. Um Absolutely, and that's that's why I mean Patrick Beverly is one of my favorite players on the Clippers team. I know like he, everyone fucking hates him. I, I, I mean he's but, one of those players I I don't like playing against him, but my God, would you, I love the only time I ever get mad at Pat Beverly is when he like when he's too physical with Steph Curry. It's like don't touch my guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I you never want to see any fucking injuries. Yeah. is the thing. That's that's what scares me too. Is when when. Yeah, Pat Bev just tries to hurt somebody like he did with uh, Westbrook a little bit uh, a couple years he, ago. I, but he's he's so fun to I can I can't wait yeah. for um because I I'm, I assume you agree that we think we're gonna see Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Patrick Beverly is gonna yeah. annoy the fucking shit out of LeBron James. What if Patrick Beverly fights Alex Caruso? <laughs> that's your dream. I that's honestly like I could not like I just want to see like Montrez and fucking. Oh my god! Like Dwight Howard. I want Luca to posterize Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell talks way too much shit to a guy who's scoring like fucking forty a game. God, that's his game though. To be fair, like that's Montrez is just entirely that emotional dude though too. Then that's the thing is the, the Clippers are just full of these just ridiculous passion. And then there's Kawhi just, who's just like I I forgot that dude's name. <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking the weirdest fucking team I've ever seen. Uh, honestly, just like from a style personality wise, I mean, because yeah, unfortunately, if imagine if LeBron was Paul George's teammate right now, he would just fuck. He would beat his ass right now. Is the thing, and Pre- preaching to the choir know, here. Preaching to the he choir means. because there's two reasons LeBron would beat Paul George's ass. One because Paul George is a beta, and two because LeBron James is a sociopath who needs to be put away because that is not good. Sports. God, LeBron, just all right. Yeah. Well, I just last. Yeah. The, uh, uh, I don't know if you were trying to end it there. No, I no. Just, Landry Shamit. Yeah, he's so good. My guy. I've been on the Landry Shamit train since we got him last mm-hmm. year. He's he's like, I know I just said Patrick Beverly's my favorite clip, Clipper, but like Landry Shamit's number two for mm-hmm. me. He um, of, but my, aside from Kawhi, my dad and but. brother, actually a couple years ago, what, Landry Shamit was on Wichita, right? Wichita. Yeah, they were at the. They went down to San Diego, or whatever, for the, like some of the March Madness, and they got to watch him, and they've liked him ever since. He's a great player. Um, mm-hmm. get, the, the Sixers are so dumb. They're so dumb. <laughs> what are you doing? I, I have no idea. Like they literally, the whole trade for the Clippers was to just get off Tobias Harris's they money. Get, to get it's it. a joke. It's so. I mean, <laughs> and they get fucking Lager Shamit out of it. And I think, wait, did they also get Muscala, or is that from another deal, or did they trade Muscala in that deal? 
I don't, I don't remember. know. I also just know the fact that we got Zubots too is just also just insane. Oh yeah, that was the trade with the Lakers, right? The stupid yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, that was. I think that was Muscala for Mike Scott and Zubots, and then we then Mike Scott was in the Tobias Harris. Oh, deal, okay, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Say. I think you're right. I want to say because those deals happened like almost mm-hmm. like a day apart or so from each other. So insane, insane. The Clippers just finessed both teams out of really talented players and uh i really 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 like shaman a lot uh i i think he's got a little uh steph curry light to him a little oh, bit oh wow i know i know, <laughs> I, know you're, I, I knew that was gonna no no, no 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 uh, no no i don't like when trey young does it but i like landry shaman yeah um so the problem the problem is with shaman last things just because i just yeah no go on shaman he has this insane confidence to him that I love and hate at the same time because he takes some dumb fucking shots. But then when they when they fall in, it's fine, obviously. It's like J.R. Smith. But like, it's like he's constantly trying to prove himself that he deserves a spot in the rotation, but he also isn't getting a spot in the rotation because he's constantly trying to prove himself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's literally like a double edged sword for Shamit. Is he can't he can't develop into a better player because he's not getting enough minutes, but he's not getting enough minutes because he's not good enough to play. Mm-hmm. Yet. And it's just and a it's, loaded team and, too when you think about it. Yeah. So I I want to wrap up with this. Yeah. I I have the Clippers winning the West. Do you? Absolutely. I have. Okay. Uh, right yeah. now, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Um, who do we have winning the East? I'm gonna say the Boston Celtics. That would have been my pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick something different okay. because just for the sake. Um, I still think, I think Milwaukee. Okay. I, I still I still gotta go. Milwaukee. I was Milwaukee a week I, ago, so I get that. Yeah, I I still think that Giannis is good enough to win an entire couple series by himself. Still, I I think in, if you get even like four points from Chris Middleton. Yeah. If you even yeah, if you just get him to double digits, you know, I think that could def- decide a series. Honestly, imagine saying so, that about like literally like this dude makes Clay yeah. Thompson money, and it's like uh, if we can get Clay Thompson to ten points, that'd be huge. <laughs> it's just uh, it's tough. I I imagine this is the gonna be the worst he's gonna play though. I just think I don't know what's going on with him, but he looked really good in the bubble. But maybe that's telling. Maybe it's the, the when the big lights shine. Old yeah, Chris, true. old Chris with a K runs home. Um, oh. Well, Alex, or Alex, Jesus, um, Josh, <laughs> I think I was talking to Alex yesterday or something. Oh, um, this is uh, for you too, Josh. We're going to, trivia is coming back to the pineapple couch. Fuck yeah. So, I'm down. Um, we'll get you on some matchups. This week we have, uh, I think we're going to have one coming out on Thursday or something. But Josh, always a pleasure. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Clips in five. Clips in five. (laughs) You heard it here first. Folks, we'll be right back on the Pineapple Couch. I'm going to update on the rest of today's games, the Clips Mavs, and then stay tuned later for some college football. Josh, you're the man. We will talk to you again. I mean, we're going to probably start having to do this weekly with just how the playoffs are going to ramp up. Yeah, we had a lot to unpack Mm -hmm. here. And um, hopefully our next time we do this, we could get a – uh, one of our other resident NBA insiders, John Robbins from the University of Arizona to uh, FaceTime in, but he's enjoying college. Congrats to yeah, him. He, Congrats yeah, to him. Big times. So, uh, Josh, thank you so much. Um, yeah. when, Thanks for having me, b Of course. We'll be right back on the Pineapple Couch.
All right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B Rob. I got two great guests right now. We got my dad, hello, Jeff Robbins. Hello, Jeff. And we got Big Doug. How are we doing? Doing well, doing well, doing well. So today we're going to talk a little. We're going to do like five things from baseball this week that Andrew's seen. Like we'll we'll think of a name for it, you know, Big Doug's Dog Bites, Pound or something. something like that. We'll figure it out. And then uh, we're going to talk a little college football Kind of a little conference restructure, if you will. We also have the Jazz Nuggets game on right now, so I don't think that will end by the time we're recording this, but we'll give you maybe some updates if anything crazy happens. All right, Andrew, um, MLB season in full swing. Your Padres are on fire, seven in a row, correct? We'll start with that. This was like the best decade or best week the Padres have had in about a decade. Um, They hit five grand slams, four games in a row. They went seven and oh. They defeated the state of Texas this week. Hell yeah. Four games in a row against the Rangers. They beat the Astros, who had, I think they won eight in a row. They were the hottest team in baseball at that point. I'm very proud of my Padres this week. Fernando Tatis Jr. went The face off. of baseball. He's the face of baseball, I hope. I'm not going to put that on him yet. Um, They're fun to watch. They're really who fun to watch. Who are their pitchers? So they have Paddock is their, the sheriff is what they call him. Um, he's their ace right now. They traded for a guy named Zach Davies. Then they kind of have a bunch of random are prospects. We, so we don't like the pitching? Or are we, like, we like the pitching right now. They're like doing the okay. Okay. Um, but Kirby Yates, who was like the best closer in baseball last mm-hmm. year, he's out for the year. What Drew, happened? Did he did sit out? He's got or? forearm issues. He's out oh, four okay. to six weeks. Drew Pomeranz was like one of their big free agent signings. That kind of question, but he was on fire this year. But well, he's Myers. hurt. Will Myers is a terrible contract that I can't wait to get rid of. He's twenty, gets paid twenty million per year right now. Um, Are you serious? He gets paid twenty million right now, and it's like they could be using. I actually looked it up. The Padres have the eighth highest payroll in baseball right now, and it's strictly because of Machado, which I'm okay with, and then Eric Hosmer right now. How much are you paying Hosmer? Hosmer is about like twenty. Is he playing all right? Hosmer's doing okay. He missed like the first two weeks. Or he was playing on and off because he had stomach and all this, but he had a grand slam this week. He's on that there Mount Crushmore of the Padres. Mount Crushmore. Um, Tatis is the most fun player to watch in baseball right now. Him and then Chapman, the other guy, Yastrzemski. Yastrzemski, like, yeah, our boy, thirty-year-old. But uh, Jake Cronenworth, he is—I didn't even know who he was. He's just a random prospect, and he's leading rookies in home runs, hits, extra bases. Okay, hits. what position? He plays second. He can play outfield. Ooh, play first. A little utility guy there. He huh? had a grand slam yesterday as well. So that's the, what's the Mount Crushmore? Hosmore, Tatis, Machado, and, and him? And then Will Myers for the four uh, straight okay. games. And then yesterday, was, they took a day off from the Grand Slams, and yesterday they went back to it. I like that. Um, what else you got in baseball for us? So, And then the second thing I want to talk about, I want to pat myself on the back, because the Rays have been on fire lately. They're leading. And that's your pick. That's your pick. Your to win the World Series. Pick. They I'm beat on up the on the Yankees. I'm in on that team. They're good. And they're always good. They're like the A's, kind of, because they always win 90-plus games. Just do we think they can do it in the playoffs, them. though? I do, because I just think this is a weird year. This is the year to do it. It's the same reason why the Padres. Which leads to my next thing. Who do you think the second best team in the National League right now? Well, can you imagine? In the National League? In the National League. Because you've got the Dodgers, who are just miles ahead of everyone right now. And then, I mean, the Cubs are so you've really got the Cubs are on good. fire. How much do you trust the Cubs right now? I trust them. I mean, they were my, um, my preseason... AL They're champion, far, but the it's Cubs. I'd Cubs. How A's. big of the gap do you think between the 
Cubs, Cubs are Braves in the NL. Is what I'm just yeah. saying right didn't, now. Didn't you say AL? No, I was saying AL was A's and NL was Cubs. I might have said AL. You have A's, Cubs, though. So yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. Just so the other best teams right now are the Braves, who it's like, I could see the Padres. Beat, like, are the Phillies playing well? The Phillies A's. are in the last place right now. The A's are in the AL. Just for This is just for the National League right now. Who do you think better? And then uh, the Cubs are on fire. The Braves are kind of good, but they have pitching problems. How much do you trust the Braves? How much do you trust the Cardinals, who are actually, I think they're under 500, but they barely played. And the Brewers so are sucking. Brewers are sucking. The whole NL Central I is think a it's. I think it's a, It's Cubs, Dodgers, and then weirdly. Is it the Padres? The Padres. The Reds? the Reds haven't been playing How have well the Rockies though. done since the hot start? Have they're, they fell off? They're like 500. It might be a game under, depending on how they did today. Going back to your first about the Padres and the Rays, can you imagine if they played in the World Series? Oh, my like God. No one would This watch. would be the season. It would be the end well, of this baseball. Would be no fan. <laughs> there would not be. What was it? When it was um, <laughs> Giants, either Giants Royals or Giants Rangers, I forget. There was just like all these like no one is watching this World Series. And that's even with like San Francisco, which would pull more than San Diego, you'd presume. Yeah, but if yeah. there's no one on the East Coast, that's where all that media is. Might as well not be happening. But this question was leading to your Giants are only a game and a half back. Mike Yastrzemski. I mean, I think wild card. It, there's so you, 16 teams are making Bart, the playoffs. Joey Bart looks good. He looks he's a really big good guy. Yeah, he's a beast. Him, he's been um, Wilbur Flores has been Wilbur Flores Wilmer. is legit too. He's really good. He's like 325, seven bombs, 15 RBIs, and Yastrzemski. Mike Yastrzemski is just one of my favorite players to watch this year because. First of all, Yastrzemski, it sounds familiar because he's the grandson of Carl Yastrzemski. But it's not like this dude had anything handed to him. He's fucking 30, 29. Just see they cut today. Hunter Pence yesterday. Yeah, they cut. It was it's about so time. awful watching the Giants from the golden era, like Belt and Crawford. It's just depressing. They're just, they're just awful. Posey's not even there this year. That was a good call by him, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're a game and a half out. Yeah, I... I mean, I like that we're giving Bart the experience and the less miles we put on Posey, maybe we could prolong his career as, like, a first baseman. Um, I mean, I think the Giants could totally make it in, especially 16 teams, but I don't have – it's not like of the Giants of last – even last year, if they snuck in, it was like they have Bochy, they have Bumgarner. They don't have that. Like, I've said this many times on this podcast – Gabe Kapler is a bad manager, and he has a small penis. What I'm do you think about saying, that, Jeff? Do you like Gabe Kapler? Well, frankly, I have no idea what he's got downstairs. He sure seems to rub a lot of people the wrong way. I'm impressed with the performance of the team this year. They're overachieving dramatically. Absolutely. So, do you think that's just the randomness of this year, though? or I don't know. It seems like if the manager is going to get – blamed when they do badly he should get some credit when they play well yeah so it, it, you know it's the whole analytics thing just kind and, of annoying and look at Bumgarner. yeah he's, he's not playing well yeah so that was that really the wrong move if you remove sentimentality Maybe no it's, it's not right but i don't Dude, would understand you guys, would you rather the way lose? he came in about it he could have made it a but much better he's very cocky he rubs it. a lot of people the wrong way for some reason well and it's not like this dude's coming like yeah i Got a bunch of World Series. No, it's like you got fired after one year in Philadelphia. And, yeah, you were on those Dodgers teams who I have maintained. There has never been a great Dodger team in the last 20 years because they've never won a World Series. 
It's tough. It sucks. I'm sorry. I mean, there have been three great Giants teams, just zero <laughs> Dodgers teams that were very good. That's crazy. All those regular season wins. Very, very, very nice. All right, Andrew, what else you got for us? Okay, next thing was Jose Abreu went off this week. The last seven games, he has seven home runs. That's, That's the White Sox guy? White Is that Sox Bobby Abreu's kid or grandkid? Not that I know of. He's <laughs> not related to Bobby Abreu. I don't think he is, but fact I mean, check Fernando that. Tatis and it seems like so many of these guys have Vlad Jr. isn't Biggio as a kid there's Bobichets. oh Holiday doesn't Holiday I think the I think he's in the minor leagues yeah Biggio plays like his dad too the Blue Jays he uh, looks like his dad and he plays like his dad except his dad came up as a cat well I guess he came up as second base mm-hmm. and then went to catcher and then outfield He's a, a true utility man. Hall of Famer. What else you got, Big Dog? Is that it? The last thing is just, what do you think the odds when we asked this before, um, how many home runs, like can someone hit 20 home runs this year? And I said yes. Do you still think that's going to happen? Tatis is at 12. There's 30 games left. Can he hit eight more? Yes. Yes. Okay. I think, so think there's going to be multiple, multiple people. Will. Well, Judge, what what, Judge was number? like the obvious one who was going to do it, but then he's obviously got hurt like Aaron Judge does. But, I mean, this. I mean, what? how many did Abreu have before the seven home run streak, you know? Exactly. There's just certain guys who, like, what's Trout at, 11? Yeah. It's a 50 homer pace. Yes. I I think we'll see. More importantly, is one, we're going to hit two or three. I think Charlie Blackman might because he's that close to 500. He's like almost at he was almost at 500 like a week ago. I'm not sure how he did this. They have past on games. Bovada the the expanded betting on games where they give you odds on individual players. Okay. And one of the categories they came up, come up with is like the over under on how many hits, home runs and RBIs you'll have or hits runs and RB something like that okay and Charlie Blackman they always have him listed at like two or two and a half he always beats it <laughs> he always beats it to get three hits in a game and to bet on that there's some value thank you there Jeff. he gets he gets contact every single time every time and he's playing in Coors Field oh so, but he hits out of Coors Field too that's L- true last question um I do not what are the Nationals are they just sucking they're like eleven and fourteen, but they're I mean they're only if I mean, they if the get Giants in, they're so dangerous. Back, they're they miss Rendon. two games back or right there. Yeah, but don't you th- agree if they get into the playoffs, they they're will miss the Rendon, but they have that that three headed monster, two and a half headed monster. Um, that is still scary. You get into a series with the Nationals, they mm. can beat you. Just you got Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg. Good yeah. luck. And then um, wait, who's the the center fielder that they have that's the outfielder's Juan Soto. Juan Soto, he's, he's very good. good. And he's 21. Yeah. He's a freak. Rendon, you mentioned him, Dad. Uh, Andrew is actually personally responsible for his, uh, yeah, like I, the tear he is on. So pat yourself on the back there, big dog. I will. Because Andrew, about, it was two weeks ago, two and a half It was weeks 14 ago. days ago because he's on a 14-game sh- hitting streak. Andrew guys. shit on him. <laughs> and <laughs> since that, 14-game hitting streak. He's hitting over 300 now. He hit five <laughs> or six bombs last week. He so DM'd me and said, thank you for the motivation. Mm-hmm. I said, you're welcome. I think welcome. he's got the highest on-base percentage in the league. He, he might right now. And the Angels just still weeks. don't have pitching. Yeah, they're the worst team. Them and the Red Sox, how the depressing. Angels are the most boring franchise in the history of sports. <laughs> they play the LA Mazzoli Angels are. Anaheim were cool. Fans are in a coma. Until Balmer bought the Clippers, it was them. They serve Chinese food at Angel Stadium. <laughs> That's just wrong. 
You, you just you just want hot dogs at baseball games. It drives. I have this friend from Boston, and it makes him insane. He lives out here now, and when he goes to Angels games and sees all the people eating like Panda tacos Express and Panda Express, it makes him. He just loses his shit about it. <laughs> so whenever we go to Angels Thank games, you, Otani. it's Chris Rogers. Okay, yeah. And so whenever Mike Germain or the other people that know him go to baseball games at Angel Stadium, we always make sure to take a picture of someone eating Chinese food and send it to Chris, and he'll just like go on a raging <laughs> text <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah, I don't think there's a Panda Express at Fenway Park. You guys not a fan of Angel Stadium then? No, the rocks are the stupidest thing of all time. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. I think and the stupidest thing is the line in right field now. The why oh, is that? The, the line. Do you know what about the yet? line? That's oh. equally dumb. Well, why do you have a fence? <laughs> I thought a fence was to separate the field from home usually the home run area. But they drew time. a line halfway up the fence. We're starting fence. a new trend. It know? still doesn't explain Thunder Mountain Railroad in left center <laughs> field. Is that what it's about? It, I don't know. Can you imagine the conversation that took place where someone said, yeah, let's do that? Let's put a rocky, weird-looking waterfall in left center field. Why wouldn't they just put seats there? I mean, we're just like, well, I, I really like the, what's it? Um, or grass. The or Rangers or who with the, when you, in center field, it's kind of like well, the grass. Now, but in their old stadium. That was, I really stadium. liked that. I like the center field. I know what you mean. Uh, the Padres have, I think, the Padres and the Giants. It's those are the two favorite. best stadiums I've been to. By far. I, th- I like the Giants the most because the water. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But the Padres, it's a little warmer, you know, and the, there's that the back area. The neighborhood's really cool, too. Yeah, the Padres has, like, district. three breweries connected, so you can literally just walk through the breweries into the stadium as opposed to, like, and there's ticket people there, obviously, but it's really cool. It's a little dangerous. Yeah, San Diego, not yeah. San Francisco, which is always a plus. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, all right. Uh, college football conference restructure. This is uh, a conversation... My dad and I were having the other day, about a week ago, when all the news was coming out about how the Pac-12 is not going to play college football, and there are some other conferences trying right now. It doesn't really look good for any of them, which sucks because I want college football, but we'll see what happens. Um, We were talking about how California schools are probably the primary force, I mean, them, Oregon, and Washington, um, of not wanting to play this college football season. And so we were thinking like, you know, who probably wants to play this college football season is a team like Utah or a team like Arizona, Boise state. I bet all the players and coaches there want to play. So we proposed a new conference called the screw California conference. That is what it is called. It is an anti pac 12, but in, in a weird way, it's pro pac 12. It's anti California. In a weird way, I think this makes the California conference, it kind of gives them, it, it could be cool if they accept this. And but. for any listeners out there who aren't familiar, we all live in California and we still want to destroy it for these sorts of reasons. Yeah. It's like, let's play some fucking college football. Um, okay. So the new conference that is called the the fuck California conference. Screw California. Conference. Screw California. Excuse me. It you would consist be able of to say it on TV. True, they can't say that. I don't think we could really get screw California on TV, but whatever. Here's the teams in our new conference: we have Utah, BYU, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah State, UNLV, Boise State, and Washington State. 
I bet you all these teams want to play. The only pro, I think that you're right. The only team you might have a problem pulling is Washington State, just because the state it's a state funded university mm-hmm. in. So for s- the so for the purpose of this, if you we can can't put get Washington State, that. we'll get Nevada. You're right. That's a great conference. That is a a great conference. Think about that. Fun games. Really good, like West like, Coast football. Like very, but it's like a West Coast football with kind of like almost like a Big Twelve feel, you know, where it's a little more they're a little more into it. It's I, I think it would be. It's like I wanted to call it like the American Conference, but there already is that. But I think those teams, well, the, think, team, the teams I'd be excited about in that conference would be Utah State and Boise State, just because I think those are really strong programs that nobody knows. Yeah, East, and I think East it's good for Arizona to get away from California too, and because I think they could be a powerhouse. I think ASU has obviously proved what they can do. I really like. We were talking about this. UNLV own Vegas. I like the idea of having a team in Las Vegas mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons, and there's no reason when you think about it why UNLV shouldn't be able to recruit to compete. No, I mean, it's absolutely. A school, but, but also, we're talking about like I mean, Vegas. Like, like we're talking about Washington State. We're talking yeah. about um, Logan, Utah. Yeah. So it's not like we have prime areas. Not that they're bad, but I think that this would be good. Andrew, what is your take on all this? Because it's like kind of the first time you're hearing all this. Well, I'm just kind of surprised that like how come Boise State hasn't switched conferences with so many teams switching the past several yeah, years? Yeah, that is like, cool. Maybe come? they don't want to join the Pac-12. But it's like why if they've been since like 2007, I think when they beat Oklahoma in that crazy statue yeah, they've Liberty been, play, they've, they've been, part been of it, on the map. Ever part since of it then. is university snobbery. Okay. Like 20, 30, I don't know exactly when. Boise State was a community college. It started out as, and if you go back 25 years, it was nothing in anything so part of it i think is just the tradition and alumni like i would think when the pac-12 added utah and colorado okay boise state can't compete with those two schools oh wait do we take colorado no we no, we couldn't take boulder we didn't take boulder Boulder. colorado state we could eh, maybe how many teams do you have right now i have eight i mean you don't need i know i think that's perfect and then okay so under these circumstances here's the this would be the the coastal conference, the California conference, and it would consist of UCLA, USC, Stanford, Berkeley, Oregon, Washington, Oregon State, SDSU, and maybe Washington, maybe State. Washington State. But I like having SDSU in there. I think that it's about time we get. It, fuck, it's kind of. Fuck, because they're kind of like Boise State lately, because they're always no, in the yeah. top twenty-five, well, and it's like, why don't San Diego State has a great basketball? And they're program. good at basketball, and they're too. in the so. seventh or eighth largest country in the city. There's unbelievable yeah. talent to recruit in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So I think, I mean, the whole reason we're doing this is kind of like a middle finger to the California schools for like, Shutting fuck you down. for just like doing this. But in the long run. I think that this model would be better with SDSU in it and then giving this new... I, I think what you're doing is you're taking right now... The Pac-12 is a legit conference that's probably at like... It's like one... Like the SEC's a... F- ah, no. Pac-12 is a legit conference. That's it like would a really one. be a Pacific 12 conference. Yeah. And right then now they though, have Colorado the, in the, the Pacific 12. If you were to take... 
the what we're proposing, it would create it would turn the Pac-12 and take some from like whatever what the Mountain West, but it would create two power conferences, two great conferences because they would both be good. They'd both be good. You'd have no more Mountain West or. Big and you know West. what sounds like? Uh, I guess the. I guess the Rose Bowl is always like that's a tradition. But I'm saying that game, they could do like a special game every year where it's like the winner of that conference versus that conference or you know something like that. Those Party. days are over. Yeah, with the BCS. I mean, I want them to go to eight in the. Because it used to be the Rose Bowl you want was the playoffs to be eight. Mm-hmm. The Rose Bowl was the Big Ten versus. Give me more, give me more, give me more. Back when I was young, the Rose Bowl <laughs> was every year. It was the Big Ten champ against. Is that when the, the world was black champ. and white? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, everything. Then one day, color I came. my eyes and everything was in color. It was amazing. Wow. No, I didn't fight in World War II. I'm not that old. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you guys have anything else on this? Or? Well, you said you want eight playoff teams. I don't know. How if you want eight playoff teams. In yeah, there. give me more. I, I like watching. Uh, oh, there's going to be eight. I'm down. Like, don't you want more stuff to bet on and watch? I mean, of course. I just... It's it's a money machine. If they go to eight, then is it going to go to 12? Is it going to go to 16? No, no, no. Because think about, like, think the will. NFL. They can't extend the season that long. But they could add one more round. Mm-hmm. The ratings are going to justify it. Oh my god, it will fucking slay. And then you get like <laughs> weirdly like a team like Utah or Oregon would have made it bad this last year. And they, like you get like finally get most like cuz right now it is like we're trying to get like all the com- like quote unquote trying to get all the conferences in the playoff. But when you had eight teams, you could legitimately most of the time get all the conferences in the playoffs <laughs> unless you had like five sec teams well what's going to happen is that the pac-12 is going to shut down for the next like five years and every single oh, college you don't football even player know. is going to the sec it's over it's, it's already over. happening the high school players oh, it's are a all joke. leaving california and it's, no five-star recruit is signing in the pac-12 next year why would you you have no idea what's going to happen it sucks all right well on that note. Same with the Big Ten. The the worst thing I heard about the, yeah, the Big, Big Ten, Ten screw is up. the commissioner who shut it down. His kid plays in the SEC. What so he's telling everyone loser. their kid can't play, but his kid is playing in the SEC. I don't hmm. think the SEC is 100% going to hurt. I, I don't know. I hear the big issue is liability. Well, yeah, the, what everyone's I mean, saying on TV. Which I don't understand. Every, the, 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 the quote on TV that everyone loves to say is like, Okay, well, let's say the SEC plays and none of the other schools play, and then a college football player dies of coronavirus. Who's to say? Okay, this is what I don't understand. Is first of all, even if they do shut down college, they're still practicing. There's still they're people going home. there. Johnny's say, in the fucking dorms right now. They have to make a decision like the next like ten days because it's like it would start in two weeks. And they're telling us that even if they can't completely control the environment in college, they can impact it. But if they all go home and close the schools or whatever, you have way less they're, access, and they're not to, in the program. Dude, I mean, then they, they're going to go. Why are they more safe that well, way? The idea that like some people that are trying to make it seem like if you're going to like if you're going to go play football in the SEC, you're putting yourself at more at risk. They have no idea how the amount of money that those schools have in their training facilities. The football plays for everything. And but like the I, I think I mentioned this last pod or just a couple I mean, it's days ago. It's all gonna go away Dude, in November, watch. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. A it's lot all gonna go away. A lot though, like some of these facilities, they're obviously like NFL facilities too, but they literally have these like machines that they walk through to get onto the turf that like disinfects it all so you like I mean, they have so much money. So the idea that sending them home 
to wherever that they would be safer there than in a controlled facility where they have way better access to regular testing. And a lot yeah, of these is like, just stupid. Those are just people who want to complain and not have college football and not have fun, but still have it's the fucking okay. I'm gonna be a douchebag on ESPN and I'm gonna sit from my living room at home and tell all these people why they can't go play sports and make their money, even though I can make money sitting in my living room talking about why there shouldn't be sports. Fuck you, ESPN. Like it's just the it biggest fucking like, hypocrites of all time. Well, the thing fucking is, over it. is how many kids that play college football come from poverty where they don't have the best access to health care and they're living in environments in intergenerational houses sometimes where they're living with people who, in fact, are at risk. I mean, the whole premise that they're safer not doing this instead of being in an environment where they're getting tested every single day, they have access to quality health care, given their age and health situation, they're, at inc- they're more likely to die of a drunk driving accident than they are of coronavirus. The state of Ohio, there it, will be professional a, football played and high school football played, but, but not, not Ohio State, the biggest moneymaker probably. Do you think the Ohio By State far. makes more than the Browns? Probably, right? Yeah. Like way more. Yeah. I don't, I don't know because of the NFL revenue sharing deal. There's no way they make as much as the Browns. Okay. What about the Reds, they make more than the Cincinnati Reds. Except they got Probably. eighty games. Oh. Yeah, that's true. The TV deals. How many home games are there for Ohio State? Well, it's probably like Ohio no, State like probably has because they, they have to play all their games at home. They have like one of those yeah. schools. They get nine home games a year. Ohio State, though, they're probably their TV revenue is split between like the entire Big Ten too, which probably waters it down when they're carrying the weight. For well, like we a, know for one thing, it goes to pay for all the other sports at Ohio State. That's true. Literally everything. <laughs> um, all right. On that note, we hope college football happens, and we are so optimistic. <laughs> um, Dad, Andrew, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. This has been the Pineapple Couch. If you like what you've heard, you could uh, like or subscribe, and you could uh, leave a five-star review with a question, and we'll answer it on the podcast. Uh, we'll be coming back later this week for a very nice trivia matchup and some more NBA, I assume. All right. Have a good one, guys. See ya. Thank you.